listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey. Okay, I have a major reason why everybody should listen today because this is a topic I can't get enough of, and that is love relationship. What are men thinking? Why can't they read our minds? What are men thinking? What are women thinking that men should be thinking? The whole thing behind that. And I have a person that I really respect and have been stalking on the gram low key. And now he's, it's revealed to him that I found him on the gram. I thought you were so cool. I think you're so insightful and a, a, a big, like a just no Fs given kind of guy. You are a love and relationship coach. You're a masculine and feminine expert. And you're a men's work and breath work facilitator, Mr. Stefanos Safandos. Did I say that right? You did. That was good. Oh, nice. I have a few Stefanoses in my life, so I think that. But Safandos, really? where are you originally from? I'm f- my, my father's Greek. My, my mother's Italian. Oh, so cool. Oh, my gosh. Well, well welcome to Listen, Honey. My fam love the topic of relationships. And especially when I can pull in these amazing experts that teach us how to coexist and respect each other more. And I can definitely say, Stefanos, that it wasn't just your Instagram that really drew me to you, but it was the the lessons and teachings that you offer from your website. And I'll tell you guys some of the topics that I, that I, I caught on to that attracted me. Things like an invitation to white therapists, which is a message specifically to therapists on how to understand your entire being and who you are and really humbling yourself to accept that you don't know everything. Um, Lessons on being the queen, which I want to dig into more of what that's about. The conscious man. Um, You have a lot of very cutthroat teachings that you want people to grasp besides just dating and, and relationships itself, but more of inner work. Tell me about your business. Yeah, so the premise of what I really do is, you know, like I, I map consciousness. I explore the shadows and I explore the light as well. I, I really help people connect to their own pain and their own past because it's often the pain of our past that prevents us from living a, a very exciting future, but also a future that's novel, so to speak, a future that allows us to to live in greater integrity and greater ease and, and joy and clarity and all these desirable states that we wish to explore, but we're all almost hindered by a past. Most of us have experienced some level of trauma or pain in our lives and we suppress that. The, the mind and the brain and the body do an amazing job in protecting ourselves, protecting us from that pain. However, we keep repeating those cycles or those protective mechanisms and what you know, during our adult lives, what often happens is we push people away and we isolate ourselves in order to remain safe because that becomes a priority, that becomes a primary directive. And in relationship, we see ourselves having the same types of dynamics over and over again, but just with different people, different face, different name. And so for me, what's really, really important, and honestly, I'm just a student of my own life and I have been for a long time. I, I have myriad professional um you know, certifications and degrees, university, all that stuff in psychology and behavioral science. But what's really outlined growth for me has been just a willingness. And it wasn't always this way, by the way, but a willingness to just go into my own stuff and go into my own trauma that I experienced as a kid and, you know, the violence and the volatility and the, the uncertainty and how that shaped who I was as an adult. And so really just helping people shift the relationship between what's really important to them. So their relationship to themselves, 
to loved ones, to their parents, to their past, to their, to their partners, romantic intimacy, into intimacy, sexuality, um, and really just put sacredness and awareness back into everything we do and how we do it. Yes. Um, you know, I don't, I don't claim to know everything for me. The more I seem to know the, the less I seem to know it becomes very humbling and daunting. You know, I mean, just, for, just share a personal experience. I had a massive revelation and breakthrough personally myself. Uh, what's today? Monday. So two days ago, Saturday morning where I, I just really broke down and, and a lot of old stuff came up that I was aware of, but I hadn't dealt with it at that layer. And so I'm, I think we're constantly growing. I don't think that stops. I think we need support in life. I think we're relational beings. We've evolved that way. Uh, science and, and, sociology and evolutionary biology anthropology even shows us that we have evolved the way we have because of our ability to relate to other people cooperation and collaboration all of that so we need people in our lives to help us grow and i just and i just for me being that person and having an ability to serve others in that way um it's really very a very healing for me but also i'm just very clear that's the work that i do in the world that's how i serve absolutely i i I really like what you said about this epiphany of learning and unlearning the things that you were taught as a kid or just habitually ingrained in you because of your childhood. I'm just now at 41 realizing that everything about us, the way that our mind reacts, the way that our habits are formed all comes from our childhood, good and bad. And Sometimes we just have accepted it to think, oh, that's the way I am. I get cranky in the morning or I'm the type to not open up to love or whatever it is. We, we, we actually pin ourselves into these descriptions of ourselves, which can be very boxing and be very dangerous because everybody can change. But when you actually learn that, no, this might be a result of some trauma or a flaw that has come from, you know, remaining safe or whatever it is, you'd be more apt to change it, which is what I'm going through now and is mm. why I'm respecting the art of therapy and, and, you know, the relational contact of just listening to someone to help them unweave the way they think. When you, when you work with people, um, specifically men and women, like do you counsel men and women and give them full perspective so that they understand outside themselves? Are you primarily more for men? How does your practice really work? To answer the first part of that question, yes, absolutely. That and a great deal more. I work with men and women and couples. Um, what's very powerful is it's, talk therapy is helpful and being able to verbalize uh, stuck or stagnant experiences or implicit um, experiences that we've had, but we cannot recall and remember being able to express that and give it new context and reframe um, is very important for our brain neurology and our bodies and our minds and our psychology, right? The way that we see ourselves, our self-worth. Right. But I also integrate a great deal of uh, somatics and what that looks like is moving and shifting that trauma or that pain or that stuck energy or the way that we're seeing ourselves through the body as well, not just through mental cognitive constructs. Because when we, when we experience life, we register, you know, I'm just going to, not to be reductionist, but just to simplify these very complex things that are happening um, within us, right? Yes. <laughs> we, we register experiences mentally, you know, through our memory, implicit and explicit. In other words, you know, we, it's, it's conscious and unconscious. Um, and we also register it in the body. Well, we don't realize when we have very intense experiences, particularly ones that are traumatic, that we want to avoid in the future, what tends to happen is that 
we we that 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 very powerful dense energy gets stuck here in our bodies and if we only shift it mentally if we only shift it from a cognitive perspective we're not completely releasing that process or that experience that is hindering us from living a full life. And so sometimes we have to get into the body. Now that can look like breath work. That can look like literally bringing to awareness. There's, there's various process of mindfulness and, and uh, sexual somatic and psychosomatic work that we do, that I do with my clients that helps them shift that in a more holistic way. And that's a missing piece in, in modern therapy and not so much in trauma-informed therapy because we understand that a combination of inner child healing, inner child work, psychodynamic therapy or psychotherapy combined with somatic work can be deeply liberating for the individual. Absolutely. And that's where I like to spend most of my time. Yes. Okay. Without booking a, a full, because I, I think the person, I think the average person would get a grip on what you're describing after like a few sessions because it's so deep in, in terminology and things like that, that I would have to Google if I'm honest over here, but starting at the basics for the average person, let's say a person who hasn't even subscribed to therapy, hasn't even thought about self-work, right? What do you think is the biggest mistake between men and women? You know, all day long, we can find articles upon articles that would fill, you know, catalogs of magazines of why he's leading me on or why he doesn't define the relationship or why he can't read our minds. Like, what do you think is the missing piece between for like the message to men that would be great to kind of just start breaking the barriers. And then what would be the message to women? Oh, that's a tough one <laughs> for men. When I'm we giving look you at the magic wand, Stefan. I was like, you get to, you get to <laughs> dab us with anything that we need to know to co coexist better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, you know, when we look at the personal growth industry, or you know, as a as a socioeconomic industry, but just as a movement, right? We look at what what does it mean to be more self aware? What does it mean to you know, quote unquote, do one's work, right? In other words, just better ourselves, grow and expand. There's a massive disparity between men and women. We're talking probably 80 percent, maybe even more, are, are women in that space, and I'm sure you, you you know this. And the remainder are men. Now that's changing and shifting. Men are becoming more aware, right? But that's a massive disconnect there, where there's these women that are, are quote unquote doing the work, that are becoming more self aware, that are wanting to grow, and men aren't really wanting to in that way, in that psycho emotional, psycho spiritual way. We've lost touch with that. Never used to be like that. Lost touch. When did it even start out like that? No, when we look back Ever. at ancient cultures and yeah, and tribes, we looked at both men and women being deeply, deeply connected to self and to spirit, right? Whatever that, whatever that was for that that culture. Yes. And in the in the very fast paced world that we live in, we see this very dominant masculine energy that's taken over in in our in our socioeconomic world, right? It's all about business, about linear thinking, it's about efficiency, it's about direction, it's about goal orientation, attaining the objective, getting the status, accumulation of wealth and material objects. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, but when it becomes hyper obsessive, when it becomes an absolute priority over other values, we lose our ability to connect with human beings and we lose our ability to be more self-reflective and introspective. And that's a key component of healthy masculinity, of, of healthy humanity, essentially. But men have lost that, that ability or they're not tapping into that ability to be more introspective and do their work, do their inner work. And so for men, there's a gap. What do you think is the reason why 
the uh, it's not innate in men, and of course this is a generalization, right? But it's not innate in men to go within and to empathize a little bit more rather than just kind of become protective about their feelings or their ego, right? That's a big word around men. Like, what do you think is the reason? Is it because of that stigma that men need to be raised? Like, nothing affects me. You know, I don't cry. Real men don't cry, that whole thing. Yeah, so familial upbringing is part of it. Cultural norms and values imprinted upon young boys is part of it. I think that introspection is actually innate within all of us as human beings, particularly men, um, I think it's been lost. And I think because of the pressure of society, and then this isn't blaming, I want to be very clear, we, we are responsible for ourselves. We have to be. You know, in my own personal journey, I can't, I've come to where I am because I finally, after many years of ignoring those, those knocks on the door and the hitting rock bottom, I finally thought I've got to do something different. So we have to be responsible, responsible for our own choices and our own journey, our own path. But I think the family unit's part of it. Culture is another part of it. The demands of society is another part of it. You know, when we look at ancient culture and we look at evolutionary biology, we look at how men have evolved. Men specifically have gained a great deal of value and self-worth through their utility, through their contribution to tribe and group, whether it's hunting, uh, being efficient at extending the perimeter, keeping the, the family unit safe, whatever it may be. We, we develop a sense of pride and self-worth through our utility, our usefulness. That in the complexity of culture and the development of the prefrontal cortex and the cortex and the advent of language and just the complexity that we live in today, we've interpreted that in such a way that if I don't have the money, if I don't have the cars, if I don't have the status, if I don't have all these things, then I'm not enough. And that becomes a priority because our egos are shattered. We feel shame if we don't have these things. We're told that we're wrong if we're not strong or if we're not wealthy or if we're not this. And so we spend all of our energy in this space, but paradoxically, it's distancing us from intimacy, which we all want. We all want to be seen. We all want to be understood, heard, respected, accepted, and revered. But we're looking for it, not in the wrong place, but in the wrong way. Mm. And that's, that's, a big, that's a big contributor to how, why men are so distant in that way. Right. We're disconnected from, from mind and, and, and heart and our sex, essentially. Yes. Oh my gosh. We got to take a break. But when we come back, Stephanos, I want to talk about the women because I got a lot of sisters here listening to my channel and I, we are proactive and we women like to fix things. So I want to be very specific when it comes to um, certain situations. How do we as women step up to heal ourselves and then also help to lead our men to heal themselves as well when we come back? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome back to Listen, Hanay. I'm with my friend Stefanos Safandos, relationship, love coach, and also an expert when it comes to masculine and feminine energy. And you were just saying right now, um, for our brothers out there, men, that something that's kind of faded out or that could be more focused on is the ability to be more introspective, to look within. So how can a, a, a basic, not a basic, cause they're never basic, but how can a man even start to be more self-aware about that? Yeah. I'm going to give you three ways. Okay. Super, su- three super simple steps. I'm right? taking notes from my man. <laughs> Firstly, surround yourself with other men. Uh, we have lost community. Men have lost community. We're super isolated. One of the biggest pain points why men commit suicide is because we feel alone. We feel unheard. We feel we can't communicate. We have to surround ourselves with other like-minded, like-hearted people, men specifically. Join a sporting club. Create a hobby that you enjoy and do that with other men. Join a men's group. Create your own men's group. Whatever it is, spend time with other men that can give you honest reflections on who you are. Second thing, do something challenging every day if you can. That could be getting to the gym. That could be going for a walk, doing yoga, strength training, boxing, starting something new, cold plunge. Have a cold shower every day. Do something that challenges you and that is difficult because that breeds self-confidence and self-awareness and it expands your sense of self. It changes how you see yourself. That then gives you access to seeing yourself differently and maybe doing differently. We do new things, create new habits. Guess what? We become different people. And number three, At the end of every day, five minutes, just five minutes a day, stop and think about your day. Think about who you've been. Did you do well today? Did you communicate in the way you wanted to? Did you give the love that you wanted to give? Were you treated well today by others? Did you not do something that you really wanted to do? Why didn't you do it? What happened in your day that made you who you were? Rate your day. Was it good? Was it bad? What does that even mean? Five minutes, just think about your life. Take the time, five minutes, literally. You do those three things and you watch within two to three months because generally it takes about, science says about 66 days to create new habits and form them and actually allow them to then be continuous. You're going to see a big change in your life. Those three things, that's it. I I believe it because if you live it, you are it. it. It can become that way. And especially, you know, if you look at the analogy of planting seeds, if you plant those seeds and you begin to mm. water it every day, of course, you'll see the change. Here's my question. Cause I, when I was, when you were listing off the three things, I'm thinking about like the circle of men and friends and coworkers I have. And I do know men that do take in like at least one and two of, of what you just said. And number three is probably like a dialogue they're having on their own, on their way to work mm. or in the shower. How does a man do the three things you said, but not slip into an ego feeding direction? For example, a man who hangs out with a bunch of men that also are egotistical or maybe, you know, um, they kind of put blame in other areas. They, if they're going through breakup or relationship problems, they kind of go out there and do what maybe some men will do, which is go 
F something else, go and hook up with someone else, go to just, you know, move sure. on to the next thing a man would do. So what if you were around a group of men that prescribed to that really, that type of activity, right? Second thing you said um, about going out there to achieve, you know, work out, get, get, you know, do something to a cold splash, all those things. Um, I know men that do that too, but then I also know men who do that and it like, it drives them to be yep. more super masculine and super like, look at me, I just came out of the gym. Yeah, and yeah. like flexes Look okay, how good I am, yeah. Yes, yes. And then the last one, what if they're just feeding them their own BS in their own head instead of like, am I a great man? They're like, yeah, I'm a good man today. I'm Shit, I did this. I, you know, instead of a more humbling way, like how do you make sure that you don't slip into that? Yeah, with great difficulty, right? And we all want, we all want a simple answer and there isn't fucking one. That's the truth, right? right. And he, he, but here's the truth of that is discipline. But you need discipline to venture outside of your comfort zone. So you can add to that as part of your daily challenge, read or educate, read a book or educate yourself on a subject matter that is completely outside of your norm. So if you're accustomed to whatever it is, you know, your hobbies are, uh, cars and playing golf and sports and whatever it may be, sure. then completely go away from that. Not to go away from it, but just add something to your daily routine. Read a book on psychology, read a book on stoicism, read a book on what the ancient Egyptians did, read a book on cross-cultural mythology, whatever it may be, get out of your comfort zone. Because as you do those things and as you reflect and as you spend time with men that are different to you, and that's hard to do. It's hard to break that because our identity is so entrenched. I've been there. It's so entrenched with what we know, but you have to then pull yourself out of the familiar. So my response to you is those men that are stuck in that cycle need to get into unfamiliar territory. That could be unfamiliar peer groups, unfamiliar hobbies, unfamiliar ways of thinking to give themselves new perspective, to test the waters for something new. And that requires courage. It's not easy to do. And that can be very humbling when you're in an area that you are quick to admit, this is yes. new for me, but I'm doing that because of so. Yeah. And you need the discipline to take those first steps and, the, and enough confidence to do that. But at the end of the day, that man needs to want to change because he can't force anyone to change. He needs to want to. That part, ladies. No matter how many times Take you note. play this podcast over and over for your man, don't expect him to wake up tomorrow all of a sudden taking in Stefano's advice and changing. Like he's got to <laughs> want it for himself. You're absolutely right about that. And when it comes to women, what do you think is a way that women and men can coexist better? Is there something, if you, if you had a message to say to all your ladies out there, what would it be? Compassion and, and non-judgment and empathy. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I've done some really unpleasant things in my life towards myself and towards others. And I've hurt others along my journey with the choices that I've made. And what has been deeply healing for me amidst uh, personal choices that I've made to change and shift and, and go through all of that has been receiving the, the compassion and non-judgment and forgiveness um, from women, from the feminine. And that's very, very powerful for men to receive that. We need that. And not because we're weak or we're meek or we're bad people. It's got nothing to do with that because something really special happens when shame is diffused in front of others. When we bring shame to the light, we heal ourselves. We're able to heal at a deeper level. And when we receive that, the, the feminine compassion and empathy and non-judgment and that forgiveness is massive. And it makes a massive impact on our hearts that de-armors us helps us see ourselves differently, helps us 
be able to be more vulnerable and open helps us still remain in our strength, but with the confidence to continue because we know we're not going to be judged. One of the greatest fears that men hold is a fear of rejection, abandonment, and humiliation. Now, these are human fears, but for men particularly, because it's linked to that usefulness, or we pride ourselves on usefulness, when we're humiliated or abandoned or rejected, we interpret that as of we're not enough. And so when we receive compassion and non-judgment and forgiveness from the feminine, it's deeply, deeply healing. Mm. Now, the caveat to that is that whoever's giving that must also be honoring of themselves. You have to, you can give your compassion, your non-judgment to others, but you have to also honor yourself and your needs as well. Yes. Oh, that's a great thing to remind women because very often women can be compassionate and empathetic and serving to their men, but then they put themselves second to the man, which in turn loses the whole point of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, one of something I heard one time, which I really like, and it applies to what you're saying is that there's nothing else in the world that can make a man feel like a man, like a woman. (laughs) And when you say compassion and empathy and all these things, um, you're absolutely right that not only can a partner fulfill that, but you even sometimes do or don't, depending, depending on your childhood, get that, that, that first initial introduction to those emotions from your mom. And that's why sometimes when your mom, uh, for men, when they haven't gotten that type of affection and safety, that can result in you know the same type of trauma that you deal with women later on. So that's so interesting. Um, I really like this article too that you you put out um, in your about page, and it said, "I didn't know what it meant to really be a man." And mm. why was that important for you to express as your about page? Because my definition of a man was doing what I wanted, being arrogant, being controlling, oppressive, being forceful. Um, having a, an attitude of fight, being abrasive and aggressive and um, really owning my space, but then owning the space of everything that was around me as well. It was just a very dominant or dominating rather, dominating way of seeing the world that I picked up in my childhood because I grew up in that very abusive, volatile, violent family dynamic. And I thought that was what was right. And my way was the only way and the best way, um, which fed a lot of, a great deal of, of guilt and shame. And I cycled through that. And that's what I thought was, was being a man, you know, being unfaithful, doing what I wanted, um, how I wanted. And that wasn't, that's not, that wasn't healthy. And that, that isn't healthy behavior because it's very isolating behavior. I felt very alone. And to compensate for that, I applied pressure and power outside of myself that, and that's, that was very difficult. Hmm. I really, I appreciate that approach though, Stephanos. I think one of the greatest things about seeing you in your practice is the fact that you're the first, you're going to put yourself out on the front line first to show everybody what starting point you're com- you're meeting them at, which is at complete vulnerability, which is one of my favorite words that I think is it truly practiced between couples, but when it's found, it's very precious. And, and, and that is when the relationship becomes sacred. That's yeah. definitely something for me. I, I like you grew up. I, 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 there was definitely things that happened in my childhood that made me have a tough exterior. 
And from there, as long as I was in control and as long as I didn't let him break my heart too much, mm. I ended up having a dating life and a, and a pattern that I thought was healthy and fine, but it was because I was in control. But really, I wasn't ever letting myself become vulnerable. And now having recognize what it's like to feel that you have given so much of yourself to somebody that that it itself isn't the vulnerability. It's the fact that you gave it to them knowing that they could do anything with it to destroy you, but you still do. Like that to me is so sacred for me to trust somebody to do that. And not everybody can find that, that, that moment of vulnerability within each other. So I, I appreciate you in your practice, like being able to start that off to show us, you know, what your journey was like, and then to turn, you know, educate us. So how can we find you? I, I, I know, obviously, you know, you, you've got a thriving, beautiful business online, but how can, how do you want people to reach out to you? How can we get more of Stephanos? Yeah, you can find me on my main website or my, my other website where there's a heap of free stuff there and just more insight and access to my courses and you can apply to coaching there as well and working together and journeying together, growwithsteph.com. So uh, growwithsteph.com. And then you can find me on social media at Stephanos Safandos. Oh, this was so helpful. Thank you so much. And everybody um, who's listening to this, please do screenshot or hit me up in the DMs with any part of what Stephanos has taught you that you want to expand upon. He's reachable on Instagram as well. I'm going to make sure to put his link down here so that you can click on it and um, connect with Stephanos yourself. You are so awesome. Thank you for sharing your gems with us. And um, I'm going to continue to follow a lot of your practices on the gram because they're just, they're just, you guys should really check it out. I mean, there's so specific things like ways to increase your feminine energy. You're looking out for us ladies out here and you talk to us about addictions, about what the modern man looks like. It's awesome. So you've got great, great work and thank you for sharing it with the world. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey.